You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Help me appreciate them today. And Mr. Darren Poe. Come on, Brother Darren Poe. I want to tell you just a little bit about him as he comes. He is, he is our pastor, our friend. He was, uh, he and Heather served as our district youth director 19, 20 years? 20, how many? 23 years. My Lord. Yeah, don't let the gray hair fool you. Don't let no hair fool you. But Darren, uh, Pastor Darren was the youth pastor at Calvary Temple. Him and Heather, were you married back then? Yeah, him and Heather. They, before kids? Before kids. Wow. So when we were youth pastors at Peace Chapel back in 1989, they were over at Calvary Temple with Pastor Meeks. And and uh, we left to go to Louisiana and came back. They were our, our district youth directors in southern Missouri, I think, by the time we came back. But we love this couple so much. Uh, they left our district and went to the national office to serve a season. And uh, now they're in Florida where the beautiful weather is doing a great work for God. Help me give an Ozark welcome, Pastor Darren Poe and Heather. One fan in the house. Thank you so much. I'll pay you later. It's great to be here. You know what? I'm, I love it when the Holy Spirit orchestrates a service. Isn't that? Is, I mean, that's, we, we expect that, especially at churches like here at Oak Grove. Oh, it's good to see you, Snipers. Bless you. I'm glad that uh, next Sunday is happening. Um, Pastor Appreciation. But how many of you know Pastor Appreciation isn't just one Sunday a year? It's not just every Sunday. It's like every day. And uh, one of the things that I really wanted to say kind of in starting out, it was in my notes before I, I knew that next Sunday was Pastor Appreciation Sunday, was a special thanks to Pastors Ron and Melissa uh, for your faithfulness to the Lord, for your family. I appreciate you as a follower of Christ and your family as followers of Christ. That's what I appreciate most of them. And uh, because their families had a huge impact on our life. And then you haven't just impacted our family but, and your family, but you've impacted this church and this community, this city, our district. You've impacted our country as you've sent people out of Oak Grove as they come through our schools and they funnel through here. And you, you're a sending pastor. You're an equipping and sending pastor. And you guys have put people all across the, the globe, all across the planet. So through missions, pastor was just telling me he got back from Fiji. And uh, my goodness, what an impact. I, I, I know that you do, but I want you to know that Heather and I appreciate your pastors. We, we appreciate your pastors. Would you show them appreciation one more time? I think they, they deserve it, not just next Sunday, but every day. What a blessing they are. So yes, Heather is with me today, uh, 34 years. She has, well, she's put up with me longer than that, but 34 years uh, we have been married, and then you see what the result of that is. Uh, so uh, this is our family as of this summer. And so uh, our daughter is next to me on the right, Megan, and her and Nick, they co-own, they're in Springfield, and they co-own a coffee shop, shameless plug for Architect Coffee on Republic Road. Um, so they co-own a coffee shop here in town, but she's also an in-school therapist. So she goes to the schools and counsels students. And uh, she's in a doctoral program at Regent, working on her Ph.D. She teaches at Evangel. She teaches. She's got about five different lives going on. And so she keeps us on our knees praying for her. And then uh, our son, Gavin, is to Heather's left and his wife, Cassidy. And then they have what's most important. Well, I should talk about them first. 
Um, Gavin is in an MDiv program, a Masters of Divinity program, way out in California. So that hurts our hearts a little bit. But, uh, but they're out there. We're super proud of him and Cassidy. And then they have what's most important, right? Past grand, the grands. We've got two grandkids. Henry is over in Nick's hands. Henry doesn't belong to Nick and Megan. Henry belongs to Gavin and Cassidy. So you got to put him over there. But, uh, Henry is two and a half going on 23. And, uh, my goodness, we don't have enough time. So just enjoy the picture. He is full of life and we love being around him and learning the things that he learns. Thank goodness for like video time, right? Video phone calls and things like that. And then our newest addition is almost four months old, and that is Charlie. So we have a Charlie, too. So Heather's holding Charlie, uh, four months old. And, yes, they're out in California, so you know how to pray. But isn't it the best? Just It's just the best. And so we are a family that has been blessed by the Lord, and, uh, and we give him all the praise for that. So the Holy Spirit's already uh, ministered to us today. Uh, the songs... Thank you for being led of the Spirit just in the songs that you put together even today. Jesus never fails. Our God never fails. Amen? And we need to remember that when at times we're going through what we're going through. So I know that a lot of us are going through things or else the Lord wouldn't have put this message on my heart for today. But a question that I have for you starting off is you're going through something, but where are you going? Where, where are you getting to? What's the end result? Some of you are, some of you are going through the motions. Some of you have an end place in mind. You have goals and plans and dreams. And I would say that I think that's the majority of us. I, I remember as a young person, there's goals and plans and dreams and things that I want to do and places that I want to go and things that I want to experience. And the more life I live, the more it boils down to following Jesus and being faithful. <laughs> so if all you can say this morning, is, which it's a lot, is, is I'm following Jesus. If that's where you're going, you're headed in the right direction. Right? You're headed in the right direction. So I don't know where you're going through. And some of you are saying, well, I'm going to lunch after this, so hurry up, Pastor. But we're pressing on. Where are we going to? What is going on right now? I, I don't know. I know there are many familiar faces, but I don't know what you're going through. I'm good friends with Pastor. But we haven't been around each other. I don't know what Pastor's going through. God knows what Pastor's going through. God knows what I'm going through. God knows what you're going through. In the midst of COVID and monkeypox, where did that come from? And polio now, I mean, I had the vaccination when I was a kid, but I, I think I just read in the news yesterday or the day before, like the governor of New York put on a like state of emergency because of the polio thing that's breaking out there. What What is going on? War in Ukraine and other places, inflation, the economy, political, whatever. In the midst of all that, we've got back to school. <laughs> I know they've been going back to classes for a while, but waking up early, going to class, campus clubs, activities, homework, study, tests, papers. In fact, I want you, if you've recently gone back to school, I want you to stand up. If you've gone back to school. So that can be, you may be a junior higher in here, 
high school, college, stand up, come on, college people. And if you're a teacher or a substitute, I want you to stand too, or a principal, come on, stand up. These are, if you've gone back to school, all right, stand up. All right, let's give these a big hand. We're glad that you're here this morning. We're glad that you're here this morning. We love and appreciate you. You can be seated. At the end, this is, this is kind of a little bit into the season, but this is kind of a back to school emphasis. But really, today's about everybody, because how many of you know we go to school every day, right? We never stop learning, but we're going to have a special time of uh, prayer with them later this morning. So back to school. I can relate, okay? Four, a little over four years ago, I went back to school. Again, so the last four years, I've been going to school. And I don't expect you to shout, but I know my wife's going to in just a second. I've got about four weeks left. <laughs> I got about four weeks before something they call a dissertation is, is going to be finished. And um, I was just talking with Pastor briefly about it this morning, and, uh, and it's pertinent to today. One of the things that interests me is all the generational differences that go on in our culture and society. And we know, we know that there are generational differences. What concerns me are spiritual generational differences. And there are organizations like Pew Research and Barna that have done extensive research, nationwide surveys, and what they're showing is each succeeding generation is a little less spiritual, a little less religious, and we don't, we don't care about those, but they're practicing religion less, reading the Bible less, praying less, and each generation, you can see it is going down, 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 and that concerns me. As a person who spent his entire ministry in youth ministry to students trying to make disciples, as followers of Jesus, it's important to me. And so I wondered if that was happening in our fellowship. I mean, I don't, most of you probably know this, but you're in an Assemblies of God church this morning. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. I, that's my heritage. I grew up in an Assemblies of God church. So when it came time to, to tackle some something, I said, I said, I wonder if there are generational differences, doctrinal beliefs, generational differences in Assemblies of God pastors, credentialed ministers in the Assemblies of God. Is, is, it, is it going down from generation to generation, how strong they believe something? And you know what? I found out that there are. There are. There are generational differences. But I also found this out. There were, there were three questions asked at the beginning of the survey that I'm using and is, is it, it's, 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 are you satisfied with the Assemblies of God as a fellowship? Are you satisfied with the direction of the Assemblies of God? And are you satisfied with its impact on society? And can I tell you this, that all the results were like I thought. There's a generational, silent generation is who I started with, the oldest one that I studied, Going down to the baby boomers, going down to the Gen Xers, going down to the millennials. Those are the four generations that I studied. And there's a little bit of a drop in certain things that you see along the way. But even the one at the bottom is not at the bottom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Out of one to ten, it's like an eight. It's not like a four or a three. It's like an eight. So there's good times ahead. But the, at the beginning, so we saw the generational differences kind of diminish a little bit. But those first three questions, you know who was the most positive? about the Assemblies of God, the direction of the Assemblies of God, and their impact on society, the millennials, the ones at the very bottom. They were the most effective. Now, I'm, I am Assemblies of God. I've got my credentials. I, Pastor Doug, I love you. Uh, I love this church. 
But I'm, I'm more concerned about the assemblies of God as we are moved by the spirit to impact society <laughs> than I am the assemblies of God as like some denomination or fellowship. And I think they would say that all the way at 1445 Boonville. But I'm grateful that I'm a part of a fellowship that is making a difference in our community and around the world. Why? Because we are a Pentecostal fellowship. We have the Holy Spirit at work in us and in the world that we live in. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be to be almost almost done with my little journey there. So you can be you can be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. I know that we all have hopes, plans, dreams. We're all headed somewhere. But there's stuff going on in our world. There are things that are happening. How are we going to make it through? It's come to pass, but hey, I'm still right here in the middle of it. How can I get through? We're reminded that our hope is in the Lord. Our faith is in God who never fails. What do we do with our hopes and plans and dreams in the middle of crisis, in the middle of craziness, in the middle of loneliness, in the middle of uncertainty? We go to the Word. We go to the Word. Now, in January, Heather and I did kind of a a crazy thing in the eyes of this world. So uh, it started back over a year ago. But we started praying about how an answer to, to an opportunity. And so in December, we actually sold our home to our kids, to Nick and Megan. And in December, we resigned our positions at the national office. Heather was the national coordinator for fine arts ministry. And we resigned our positions there. And uh, we moved to Naples, Florida. It was like, oh, that's like, I know it's tough, right? And uh, we moved to Naples, Florida to honor, to honor and to help take care of Heather's mom and dad during this next season. And, uh, and that's what we're doing that because that's, that's where we were going. God was taking us there. That's the next, we were like, God, what's the next right thing for us to do? And that was the answer. And that was the answer. But how many of you know that that doesn't make sense sometimes? Like that doesn't just like automatically to the world is like, why are you doing this? And what are you doing? And to the people of God, I'm sure it makes a little bit more sense because we read a scripture that says what? It's one of the big 10. Honor your father and your mother. So, so like, but sometimes things that God asks us to do doesn't seem to make sense. So it's been an adjustment, right? New routines, new locations, new everything. And so as I was praying and Pastor Moran so graciously invited me to speak this morning on this back to school day, going through everything that we're going through, I was praying about what to communicate and, and I went back to my life verse. I don't know how many of you have life verses, but they're just ones that mean something special to you. Like for me, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so um, my grandma wrote that on the check every month, a $30 check. She wrote that scripture on the check and sent it to 1111 North Glenstone every month when I was a student at Evangel College back in the day. So like that scripture, that scripture means a lot to me. But this one today is a life verse. And, and especially since January and even before that, this takes on new meaning. As we get a new perspective on life and living and where we are and where we're going, how many of you know the Bible takes on a new meaning sometimes to what we're doing? We see it in a different way. And so that's why we've got to go to the word every day and study it and let God speak to us. 
But this is, this is my life verse. And so it's found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And I memorize it in the NIV version when I was growing up. But it's, it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And he will make your paths straight. Heavenly Father, thanks for today. And thank you for your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit that inspired it would fill our ears and our hearts and our minds to challenge us today, to give us wisdom today, to give us encouragement today through your word. I pray that you would use me, uh, Lord, to speak words of life and strength and challenge to your people today, to your sons and your daughters, because as you are well aware of, we are going through things. You told us in this world we would have trouble, but you also told us to take heart because you've overcome the world. So make us overcomers today, we pray. May we be strengthened and encouraged as your Holy Spirit speaks to every heart through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. The idea here isn't just that that Jesus becomes our guide, that God becomes our guide in this thing called life. He literally becomes the road maker, the way maker, showing us the way and helping us navigate any obstacles that might come across our path. Because how many of you know believing in God, having faith in God, saying that we trust in God is one thing. But walking it out and acting like it and having the right attitude in the middle of it sometimes is a little bit different. So my question is, do we believe God enough to trust him? Do we believe God enough to trust him with our lives, with our time, our talent, our money, our energy, with our families? Oh, we sang about our families. God, protect our families and be over our families. So important. Do we trust God enough to just say, God, my family's yours. Lord, your will be done. Our careers? Oh, no, this one, this one I've got, I'm totally in control of this one, Darren. No problem. I know where my career's going. I know what I'm, oh, well, good for you. <laughs> good for you. The few, the proud. Um, our money, our friends, the school year, students, we've got to trust God enough to say, this school year's yours. You know, I talked with plenty of students over my time in youth ministry. Some of them look forward to back to school because that's just who they are. But not everybody's wired like that. Some, some students, man, I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to go back and go through the motions and people and other students. And I get picked on and I'm lonely. Nobody talks to me and I eat by myself every day. And, and we, just, we just don't know all those things. But I'm here to tell you that we can, in the midst of all those things that we experience, Remember that we're going through. Remember that we're passing through. Remember that this is just a season and another season is going to come. So real quickly this morning, I want to talk about three life principles and an outcome. Three life principles and an outcome that we can get from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. So principle number one, not rocket science, none of this. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. It's right there in Scripture to have faith in, to believe in. So the question I have for you right now, what do you put your trust in? 
Who do you trust? What do you trust? Well, you know, we've, we've figured this thing out several times. David Boyd, you trust the pew that you're sitting on right now. You probably didn't think about it a whole lot, but you trust it. Because we just, we've sat in these pews before. I trust that this podium is going to hold up my, my iPad. I, I trust that. There are some things that we just kind of don't even think about trusting, but when it comes to things that are really important, who or what can we trust 100% of the time? That kind of limits uh, sometimes. Well, my family, my, my friends, my job, my, all those things. The only one that we can truly say 100% of the time we can put our trust in and he's not going to fail is our God. (laughs) Our God never fails. It's a 100% sure thing. Trust in God, not ourselves. Not ourselves. Because God is trustworthy. It's his character. It's who he is. Paul reminds us a couple of times. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, Paul declares God is what? Faithful. God is faithful. And again, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13, he's telling Timothy, God remains faithful. So as we think about God's faithfulness, I can't help but go back to Hebrews chapter 11. And all that, that chapter of faith. And all the people, all the examples of those that put their faith in God. Noah. What did God tell Noah to do? Noah, build an ark. A what? An ark. What's an ark? Well, I'm going to give you the dimensions, and and you're just going to, okay, Lord. Abraham. 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 I want you to get up, and I want you to leave for where you are. Okay, where are we going? I'm going to tell you later. Okay. Get up. Get going. Abraham, I know you're old, and Sarah's old, but I'm going to. I told you you're going to be the father of many nations. So I'm going to give you a son. Okay, God, I'm pretty pretty old. She's right there with me, but okay, I believe it. Oh, we've got a son now. Abraham, I want you to take it. I want you to sacrifice your son. What? Lord, you, you gave me this gift, this precious gift. Okay, Lord, God provides another way out, right? Because Abraham. So all these people that trusted the Lord. Moses, throw down your rod, Moses. Oh, it became a snake. Not really cool, God. <laughs> I don't like snakes. Now pick it up. Uh, what? Um, now, now I want you to go to Egypt. You know, Egypt, you left there. You know what kind of a powerful place that is? Armies, Pharaoh. And I want you to tell him, let the million slaves that he has, plus I want you to tell him, let them go. Just go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Um, Lord, I'm not really, uh, you want me to, what? Huh? All these people did what? They put their faith. They, they knew who they were. They were very well. We know who we are. But they trusted God enough to put their faith in him. They put their faith in God and miracles took place. Miracle upon miracle upon miracle. The Bible is full of these kinds of stories. Because people put their trust in the Lord. Not with just part of it, with everything. Trust in the Lord with all. Holding nothing back. Now humans are not perfect. The people that I just read are not perfect. The people that are in your Bible are not perfect. We all have issues. We all have things that we question like, Lord, I don't really understand this. So that's where principle number two comes into place. Do not depend on your own understanding. 
Because, Lord, I don't understand. I remember saying that to my dad. I, I was thinking about it this morning. I remember being outside the house that I grew up in. We were on the driveway, and I think I was getting ready to get into my car to leave to go someplace. And my dad followed me out, and he said, Darren, we need, we need to talk for a second. Okay. It's like, um, he's like, you're spending too much time, effort, energy on your girlfriend. He said, you're all wrapped up in this relationship thing that you have. And, and it's, you're, you're not doing, you're not treating your family right. And school's being affected and you're wrapped up. Everything that you're doing kind of revolves around this little relation. I was 16 years old. First time I'd had a girlfriend. Okay. And out of my mouth came those words. Dad. You don't understand. Right? Dad, you just don't understand. You've never been 16 and in love. I know you. You know, you were, you were never where I. So, Dad, you just don't understand. I, I'm in love. I'm in love. And my dad said, son, you're going to fall in and out of love a dozen more times before you end up getting married. And he was so wrong because I couldn't find a dozen more girls that would fall, you know, that I'd fall in love with. Just didn't happen for me. So he was not, he did not understand. No, he, he understood. I, he saw things that were going, and it's, we went, I met her at church and we were at church together. But time, priorities, lots, lots of things were out of, out of whack. But I was like, dad, you just don't understand. Oh, my understanding was limited. <laughs> that, my understanding was about like right this big. You know, it was not that. So, so perspective is our friend. We don't understand. We have a limited understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. Now we see things imperfectly. Imperfectly. Like puzzling reflections in a mirror. What, what is that? I can't really, can't really make that out. What it, I don't see. That's how, that's how our understanding is limited these days. But there are those that have greater understanding. There are those among us that have greater understanding. Students, they're called our parents. They're called our parents, and they have experience. And no matter who you are in this congregation, there are people around that are older than we are, and they have experience, and their perspective is a little bit broader than our perspective is. They've been there, done that, experienced those things that life throws them. And you know what? As we walk through this thing called life, this thing called Christianity, it would behoove us. We would be better off if we pulled some of those people and their experiences around us and got their wisdom and their experience and their understanding on our side. Because the scripture tells us it's not wise to live on your own. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Without good directions, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. Like what the message says with both of these verses. Proverbs 15, 22. Refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. Gaining other people's understanding is a good thing. But how many of you know gaining God's understanding is even better? <laughs> Through his word, Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Trust in the Lord. Lord, I don't understand. That's okay. You don't need to. Lean not on your own understanding. Principle number three, seek his will 
in all you do. Seek his will in all that you do. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Uh, man, Pastor Charlie and Ruth, I'm sure you guys have, have prayed this prayer before. But at camps, especially at camps, we, we're so grateful that we got to spend so many years at camp and around altars with thousands upon thousands of students and teenagers. But it would, it would come down to this, and at some point, many times throughout a week of camp, you're praying with a student, and, and I don't, I know it's hard for you to understand, but I don't always have all knowledge and understanding and insight. So instead of just praying some kind of, I always ask the student, how can I pray for you? Like I, most of the time, how can I pray for you tonight? And, um, and so many times you hear, I just want to know God's will for my life. And that's so important. And thank the Lord that our students are asking that question. I want to know what God's will is for my life. And so they're just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting how can I pray for you? I just want to know what God's will is for my life. And, and I say, okay, well, um, what do you like to do? And so they're like, what? I'm like, well, what do you like to do? I'm like, well, I want to pray right now for God's will for my life. Well, what do you like to do? I don't know. I, I, like, I like art, and, you know, that's, I'm kind of good at it, and I have fun. I'm like, that's awesome. Do you think that you could use your art to, like, glorify God? I, I would hope to do that. Well, then God probably wants you to do do that. Well, I want to I want to know like how I'm going to make a living in life. Well, what do you like to do? What are you good at? And you hear all kinds of different answers. Well, I kind of like helping people. That's a great thing. That's a gift. That's a spiritual gift. The gift of helps. And so and and I'm like, well, what are you good at? I'm really good at science. Oh, you like like biology and stuff? Yeah. Well, that's great because I'm not. But God gifted you. And you like helping people. Do you, have you thought about like the medical field? Have you thought about, and I'm not trying to speak things into these. I'm just like, it's not rocket science. God's will for us is to just follow him. <laughs> and he directs our paths if we'll just let that happen. And so I, you, and yes, you know what? I, I just have, I just have a heart for lost people. I don't want anybody to not be saved. Well, you think like who, when you think about praying for people, who do you think of? I think about people in Europe. Oh, you, you need to start praying about being a missionary in Europe. You know, so there's just as many of those kind of conversations that took place. But we want to seek his will in all that we do, in everything, every moment, not just the big life like, oh, this is going to make a difference. In my life. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So we heard it so many times. What about, what about this? What about that? Well, Matthew 6.33 covers this and that and the things that we've talked about this morning. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You don't have to worry about, all, you don't have to worry about what you're going through. You don't have to worry about the things that you have or you don't have. We trust in the Lord. We seek his kingdom above all else. We live right, and he's going to take care of us. Well, it's not always natural, is it, for our humanity to just accept things this way. But if we can, trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, seek his will. If we can do those things, then the outcome presents itself. He will make our path straight. He will show you which path to take. And how many of you know the shortest distance between two points is always a straight line? It's always a straight line. But straight lines are so boring, aren't they? Straight lines are so, 
I mean, here I am, and that's where I want to be, so I'm going to go that way. And, you know, I'm just really having a good time doing, oh, I realize where I am and where I'm going. I need to, need to get back on this road again. How many times does that happen in the course of a day, <laughs> of an hour, <laughs> of a few minutes? Got, we just, okay, we got to come back to where, where we're going. And we all have that goal. We all have that goal. And, um, you know, I used to think that it was, I used to think that when my time came to stand before the Lord, because, you know, you've read these, we, there's a great cloud of witnesses and watching us run the race. And, and I picture ending that race with that great cloud of witnesses and that stadium full of people. And here comes Darren Poe across the finish line. And, and, you know, I, I made it. I did. I made it. And, and God's, God's there and Jesus is there. Just, just, you know, high-fiving and putting the medal on and giving me the crown and you know, the whole thing, right? That's kind of how I used to think about it. Now I just kind of think about it as a, I'm a, I'm a forest and woods kind of a guy. I'm from California, but the beach was just, I like the mountains. So I kind of just pictured, you know, this forested area, and I'm walking along, like one, and, and Jesus is just right there. And he comes up to me and he just gives me a big hug because I'm a hugger. He just kind of gives me a big hug and he just kind of whispers in my ear. Well done. And I, and I, you, you were faithful. You finished. Well, you know what? That's, that's enough for me right there. <laughs> that is enough for me right there. That's the end. That's the end of my race. That's what I'm shooting for. That's what I'm going for. A well done with my Savior. That's, you've been faithful to the end. We know our destination. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Proverbs 19.21 tells us this. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purposes will prevail. How are we going to get there? Lean not on our own understanding. Our recent journey, we've had to do all of these things. But God knows our destination. He knows how to get us there. The question is, do we trust him enough? Do we trust him enough? Pastor Ron, I, I didn't warn you about this, but I believe that you're a good sport. So come up and join me for a minute. You've, you've heard of the trust fall, right, Pastor? I mean, this, you know, trust fall. So we're going we're to do a little trust fall. And, uh, you know, it's where somebody turns their back and it just kind of like, you know, falls backwards. And then you'd have to trust that the person behind you is going to catch you. Do, you. do you, how do you feel about me, Pastor? Oh, you feel good? good? All right, well, just let it, let it rip. Just fall backwards. Just come on. You can do it. I thought you trusted me, Pastor. I trust me. I got. Trust me. Trust me. Come on. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Oh, oh, hey. That wasn't too bad, was it? That's. I mean, it hardly. Did you hardly? I mean, it's like you hardly ever were falling. You. I mean, and you didn't know. And sometimes life is that way, right? We like. Uh, oh, okay. God's. We. God's got us. Okay. We're. We're good. We're. Sometimes it goes a little bit further, though, right? Sometimes we have to, no, uh, Pastor Charlie, come and help, come and help us, help me out a little bit. I know you, I know you trust me, but how much, you trust your youth yeah, pastor? I do, I do, I do. Now, now, I'm not going to like put words in your mouth, but he's like a little bigger than I am. Oh, well, he just well, maybe, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you, you, you okay? <laughs> All right. But, you know, he's, so he's maybe even a little bit stronger than I am, because I'm getting kind of old and frail. So you, you trust Pastor Charlie? So, so, okay, so I want you to just, just kind of, you know, just like. Uh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You, you kind of did. Don't, don't we do that all the time? Like, how, how much do you trust the Lord? I mean, the Lord. Charlie's not exactly the Lord, but he's taking the Lord's place right now. 
And so we, we, we were like, okay, I'm going to give this to the Lord. And we're just like, oh, I got to take it back a little bit. I didn't pay you to do that, did I? That was a great illustration. So thank you for, thank you for doing that. That was great. So, so come on, let's give it, let's give it a good shot. Let's give it a good. Okay. That's good. I mean, you didn't, you didn't. Okay. That's good. Give pastor and pastor Charlie a big hand. You didn't, you didn't let him go as far as I told you to let him go. I told you, I told you to get him about right here. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all. You know, I thought about keeping him up here and then I was just going to, you know, I was going to jump up in their arms or something like that, but I have trust issues. So when, when we've, we've put that trust there, there, there comes that point of no return. Like I, I can't do anything about it anymore. Like I, I just got to trust that that person's got me and I, and I love you, Charlie. And I'm glad that you appreciate me, but there's none of us that are as trustworthy as our Lord and Savior. Nobody. And there's no better place that we can be. Uh, in fact, the old hymn said, that I was reminded of, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So do we trust? Well, are you telling me, Darren, that it's just all up to God and I don't have to do anything? No. On the contrary. There's lots of things that I talked about us having to do. Now, one thing we have to do is put our trust in the Lord. We can't hang on to it. We've got to put our trust in God, not in things, not in people. If you're trusting in the team, you and God, then that moment from, from this to when he catches you, that space right there, that'll be, that'll be transformation, transformation in your life because we've trusted and he's caught us because we know Romans 8.28. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them seeking his will in everything that we do, walking along the path he's going to make straight. He's going to make straight. So trusting in the team, trusting in the Lord. I have to believe that in a room full of people this morning, there are those that, are, that have trust issues. There are those of us that are in the middle of things. And I believe that this message and this Sunday was to encourage you to hold out hope to put your faith in God, to put your trust in him, that this season that you're going through, you have an ultimate goal, you have a dream, you have a destination. God's the only one that can ultimately take you there. Put your faith, put your trust in him. Put your trust in him. So going back to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, this is what, this is what the message says. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Amen? Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this day. We thank you for these, your people that are here today. Lord, we have come into your presence, giving praise and glory and honor to you, lifting you up that you might draw us all closer to you today. Lord, through worship, you reminded us of who you are. 
your character. You are trustworthy. You are faithful. You never fail us. Through the gift of tongues and interpretation, you reminded us that even in the midst of things, in this world, we will have trouble, but we will get through what we're going through. And you're the one that we put our trust in to take us through these times. And so, Lord, it's as we put our trust in you. It's as we put our trust in you, not in things, not in people, that we truly can relax, have confidence, enjoy life, not worry. But we put our trust and our faith and our hope in you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed uh, this morning, the most important thing that you can do this morning is to put your faith and your hope and your trust in God initially. Now, there are many of you that you have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is your Savior. If you are a Christian here this morning, for the next few minutes, would you just pray for those here that might not be? Just, just breathe a prayer. Lord, save souls today. Just just back me up with that prayer. Now, if you're not praying right now for somebody to get saved, then maybe the opportunity for you here today is for you to get saved, for you to give your life to Christ because Jesus gave his life for you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be made right with God. We talk about putting our trust in God. You need to trust him with your life because you would say where you're at right now, the middle of the circumstances that you're in, the road that you're on, the place that you're headed is not the place that you should be headed. It's not the direction that you should be going. You haven't put your trust in the Lord. And this morning, you need to give your life to Christ. This morning, you need to rededicate your life to Christ because you know that the direction that you're headed in is not right. And so this morning, with with Christians praying for you, if you're here this morning and you would say, Darren, I know I'm not right with God. I know I'm not living the way that I should be. I I know I'm not following the path that I should be following. And I need to get things right with God. I need to ask him to forgive me, and I need to get back on the right track. If that's you here today, with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just raise your hand so that I could pray with you before we move on in the service? You'd say, Darren, that's me. I I know I'm not right with God. I know my heart, my spirit, my life is not right with God where I'm at right now. But I want it to be before I leave this place. Say, Darren, pray with me. Would you just raise your hand? I'd love the opportunity. Thank you. I'd love the opportunity to just pray with you before we move on. Anybody else, raise a hand and say, you know what, Darren, that's me. I realize things aren't, aren't right between God and I, and I need to make them right. Just raise a hand real quick. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you know the good shepherd left the 99 to go get the one, right? Left the 99 to go get the one. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask everyone, if you would, uh, to repeat a prayer after me. There's nothing special about the words to this prayer. What's special is as you pray them with faith, your life can be transformed. (laughs) As you put your faith, not in these words, but in who we pray to, a God that loves us so much that he sent his only son, that if we would just believe in him, we would not spend eternity separated from him, but we would spend eternity with him. So I'm going to ask everybody to just uh, join in support of this one that's raised their hand today because we're thrilled. We're thrilled for the opportunity. And I believe that this is just a, a getting right with God. You know the way that you need to go. You just need to get back on the right track. 
So would everybody just repeat this prayer after me? Dear God, everybody nice and loud, repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for this morning and for giving me an opportunity to get my life right with you. I'm sorry, Lord. I've gotten off the path. I've been living life for me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me. Make me new. I put my faith. I put my hope. I put my trust in you to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together? Let's thank God. Let's never get used to uh, to lives being transformed. Amen? Amen? So that wasn't, uh, there's so many stories that I could tell about students who put their trust in the Lord. And time after time after time after time. But this most recent one was in Sullivan, Missouri. And at camp this summer, he made a commitment to take camp to the campus. <laughs> I love that. To take camp to the campus. And in Sullivan, Missouri, there's a young man that went to his principal, started a, a Bible club just a couple of weeks ago. Started a Bible club. Had a lot of people show up to the Bible club. He, he put his trust in the Lord. God told him to, to do this. And he was scared and he was afraid to go to the principal. And he didn't know what was going to happen. But he put his trust in God. And because of that, because of Blaine's faith, there's a Bible club on the campus in a school in Sullivan, Missouri. And there are students that are coming and they're being encouraged. And now he wants to start doing a fields of faith so that the whole school can come to a big event, an outreach event where people can be saved. That's because he put his trust not in himself, not in his youth pastor that went with him to talk to the principal, not in, he put his trust in the Lord. Because the Lord laid that on his heart and he stepped out in faith. And what, what did not exist now exists because he put his faith and trust in God. And that can be time after time after time. It can be you, student at school. It could be you, worker at work. It could be us in our community, in our neighborhood, with our neighbors, our coworkers. What is the Lord asking you to do? Put your trust in him. Put your trust in him, and he'll make a way for us. I'm going to ask those that stood earlier to stand up one more time and make your way to the front because we want to pray a special blessing over you. If you stood because you've recently gone back to school, stand up one more time and come up to the front because we want to pray just a prayer of blessing over you guys. Yeah, come on. Teachers, principals, administrators, janitors, substitute teachers, junior high, high school, college, just kind of come up here to the front. You're going to be on display. They don't need to see me anymore. They want to see you guys because you guys are awesome. Can we give all these people a big hand? Come on, you guys scoot over here to the middle a little bit. Spread out a little bit. That's awesome. How many of you know God's got a plan for everybody up here, right? He's got a plan and a purpose for you. And I'm encouraging you today, but I'm also encouraging all of you, everybody that's out there, Trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord. That's a message for all of us because the Holy Spirit knows what we're going through. But especially for our students, this is the time. <laughs> so many things are happening in life and in living and in school and all this stuff. The only thing, the only way I can tell you you make it through successfully is just trusting in Him. 
Put your trust in the Lord, not in people, not in friends, not in your schoolwork, not in your intelligence, not in your lack of intelligence, not in sports, not in... Put your trust in the Lord and He'll direct your path. You'll get where you need to go. You'll get where you need to go when you put your trust and your faith in Him. Congregation, would you stand with me this morning?